two, one, go. Hey guys, what's up, what's up, what's up? This is your boy Ronnie. This is the God Man Podcast. We are helping with navigating through life as a man devoted to God. This is your host, Ronnie. And Mike. Hey, and so today's episode, we are going to talk about controlling your emotions. This now, Mike, ought to be I'm interesting. I'm excited about this topic. I'm, I'm excited about this topic. Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, and I I think this is very important because as men, we like to act like we have our emotions all the way in check and in control uh, because we pretend, and I'm a very guilty of this, that anger and all the rest of those negative emotions aren't emotions. And we only associate emotions and having those under control as far as like, oh, my feelings and I feel this way and this way and feeling soft and sappy. But, yeah, take it away, Rodney. Okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. So with emotions, the emotions are definitely a driving force with everything. I feel like sometimes we acknowledge it or if we feel it, we suppress it. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but I, don't, I can say I'm a definitely emotional person. I could definitely um, true and attest to that for real. Um, I know with my experiences with emotions, um, they're not very controlled, I'll be honest. Um, I'm more of a feeler, so normally whatever decisions I make, majority of the time they're um, driven by those emotions. But now as I'm getting older and wiser, I could feel like, well, I can say that I can make a decision but not act on those emotions um i think that plays a great part while you're elevating as a man to know that as you are leading in all the areas you can always feel something but you can't let your emotions take the driving seat of when you're making decisions um so with your input mike how do you feel about emotions with being a man i think this is something that all right so I think the whole topic of men and emotions has been taboo to men for a very long time because we have been historically and culturally taught that as a man, you're not really supposed to acknowledge emotion. And when you feel something, you just bury it and get over it because you're a man. Um, I was literally told when I was growing up a couple times by like, uh, my own dad to just basically just throw some dirt on it like oh you get hurt rub some dirt on it you'll be fine and we need to acknowledge that being in control of your emotions isn't repressing and burying them it's acknowledging uh, that you have them to begin with and learning how to deal, cope, and control your actions beyond them. Never let your actions be dictated by what you feel. Definitely, definitely. And um, one thing I noticed, like, when you're a child and it's embedded in you to, quote-unquote, ignore your feelings or bury them and suppress them, I feel like as you get older, they can be expressed in a non-healthy way such as through substances, through alcohol, through relationships, and through um, sex. I feel like men, we sometimes we use those outlets 
outlets to express, but in a unhealthy way. Because I know, I'm truly, I can attest to that. Um, like I said, I feel everything times 10. So every time I feel something, it's always the extreme and never um, the minimum amount. So, like I said, looking how when emotions are not expressed in a healthy way, they'll be expressed in a unhealthy way that can really be um, detrimental to a human being and to a man, of course. Um, and of course, you know, as especially take a step further as black men, um, I feel like as a culture, um, it's kind of frowned upon when we do express our emotions. Um, to those who do have the courage to do it. But then sometimes you have those certain people who would say to not, like, you know, you don't feel that way or suck it up, be a man. But then it's like when he lashes out in a healthy way, such as putting his hands on somebody, then the first thing they would say is, oh, why don't you talk to me about it? Well, I kind of did. You told me to sweep it under the rug. And so those are the things we have to acknowledge, like, as black men it's okay to not be okay and i think to take a step further sometimes we forget god has given us these emotions those emotions are to help for purpose it's for ministry he given us these emotions so we can feel that love towards him and it's um to reflect that love we get from him and to project that onto other human beings as well so emotions can be healthy just long as you acknowledge that God has given me these emotions. So how do you feel about that? Right. So that's definitely true. And I think emotional, like your emotional intelligence and your emotional control starts when you're a child in the household. Right. And my feelings towards this and from what I've observed and seen and different things, right. Is that, having a man in the house fathers will typically be the ones to tell you you know more to control those things and hey like you're fine you know and a lot of times you know if you have one that's really old school they might completely you know tell you that everything's fine and you know like my dad did rub some dirt in it right Mm -hmm. and so they minimalize your emotions some of them can And that's one end of the spectrum that's bad, right? But then in the other end of the spectrum, you have over, let me me find the right words for this. You have mothers doing their best to raise their sons who are not capable of teaching them to handle their emotions as a man healthily will. And on the other end of the extreme spectrum, instead of them minimalize it, they allow them to be run by their emotions. So there's two unhealthy extremes that can come from each side. And that's the reason why you, that's really the reason why you need a two parent household is because, well, one of the reasons is because it teaches it has, it's the balance, right? So where your dad might be minimalizing and it's his, it might be his, uh, he might have the propensity to minimalize what you're feeling and tell you that, you know, you're just being soft. You're just being a baby. The mom will come behind and be like, no, what you're feeling is valid. And, you know, here's how you handle with that. 
But at the same time, while your mom might be that way, your dad can rein it in when he's seeing that, hey, you're behaving emotionally over little things and they're doing like how your mom does or whatever, right? Or, and he can rein that in at the same time and be like, listen, you're doing too much right now. Suck it up. Like, it's not that serious, you know? And I hate to use the phrase, but be a man. Um, I think a big problem with a lot of men today is the lack of emotional intelligence. And I think a lot of that stems from having a lack of a father figure in the household and being raised by single moms who don't know how to be men because that's not what they're built to be. Mm-hmm. And they're raising men as they would raise their daughter. They raise themselves and their daughters. And the problem with that, with the emotions is that you have a whole generation or two of men that grew up really that grew up really all right so a lot of men grew up really soft because of that meaning to be coddled we have a generation of kids and it's not just men women too we have a generation of kids right now if you you know listen to like not just boomers but gen xers and all this right and they talk about how soft like millennials and everyone else are right Mm -hmm. and how everything to be offended by everything and everyone's so caught up in their emotions and feelings about this stuff right that's one of the things that's that that's one of the contributing factors because when you look at the you look at the numbers when you the the problem that we've had with uh single mother households started with our generation to the to the extent of where it's at right now right so you had some gen xers that had that issue too but i believe millennials got the worst of it as far as single fatherhood single motherhood and lack of a father in a household so with that being the case we we tend to have people on either end of the spectrum. So for me personally, when I was growing up, because my dad was a truck driver, he was not in the house except for maybe a day or two a week, or sometimes he wouldn't be home for two weeks at a time. So all of us were basically raised absence of a dad in the house for a very long time. Um, and he would always, I remember he would always come home and talk to me about this because he, like, I was a big crybaby, like, cried about everything. I'm talking about to the age when I was, like, until I was, like, 12. I was a big crybaby about everything. You could talk to me about something, like, telling me, yeah, we got to, you know, you weren't supposed to eat such and such. Why did you do it? And I'd sit there and break down and cry. Mm-hmm. And with my mom, that was never nipped in the bud, which is why I continued. Then finally, when we moved to Georgia and my dad became more of a, well, he was still over the road, but he was here every weekend so he could be more involved. He just, he nipped that in the bud quickly. So he was like, yo, you're, you're growing up and you're going to become, you're becoming a man and you're a big crybaby and you're soft and the world is going to run over you for that. No one's going to care. No one's going to care about the, your tears and everything. They're going to look at you and see a grown man who's just crying for whatever reason. And they're going to look at you and consider that to be weakness. So two extremes um, 
two different ends of the spectrum which can damage a man as far as having emotional control because if you don't have if you completely neglect and act like your feelings don't exist you're not controlling them you're just you know you're just letting stuff bottle up and you know what they say you know pressure burst pipes mm-hmm. and that's why you have so many angry young guy young men or what and what not go around because they weren't taught how to control their emotions they were contro- taught to neglect and ignore them mm-hmm. yeah definitely that's something i can totally agree with um i did think about two things with that so i just want to um first i want to mention the part that's hitting my head just now i think sometimes with that frustration it's all also comes with not knowing how to express like if that makes any sense you've ever had that moment where it's like you feeling all these emotions but you don't know how to express it you's like hey i'm feeling something but now it's like bottled up and you don't know how to express it um right. i think that piggybacks on what i mentioned before how it can be um it can spill over into relationships and um, substances and drugs and all that mess where just because the emotions were not handled it can spill over into that and the second thing i want to piggyback on just how like in the household like you would have to have balance like if you remember off of the story with kids um the, the three little bears when the little girl um goldilocks she was trying everything in if she had the porridge like oh it was too hot and had this porridge it was too cold or she was sitting in the bed and like oh this is too hard and then this is too soft no this is just right because all of those things she was trying it had that balance and i really think uh, when you have a two-parent household or even a one-parent household let me pick it back let me speak on that so with the one-parent household you would definitely you will be c- cultivated in a way where that is normal for that gender. So the way how a woman does things, she can only do it from the way how she does it. And so if she's trying to teach her son to do something, she can only do it from the perspective how she feels from that. Vice versa, if it was a man trying to teach his daughter how to um, do that, he can only teach her from the perspective how he would know and so like you got to have that both because if you have too much of one thing it's hard to deteriorate it's hard to balance and to know how to act towards something so i do think with that um controlling your emotions you definitely need that balance um for sure for sure and the next with the emotions um when you Okay, so when you're going through a high emotional moment, like what do you do if you're having like a moment of you feeling emotionally you about to erupt or you about to do something that you know that is not godly? What do you do to make sure your emotions stay leveled, make sure they're not taken over, and how you express them in a healthy way as a man? So I think that can go. There's a lot of different ways you can handle this, and this be more specific towards the person themselves. So, and I think it also depends on like what emotion it is, and if it's one that you have a problem struggling with, right? So, let's use anger for example, because I think that's the easiest one and most relatable for men right now, right? 
So lots and lots of men have anger problems right now. You know, you get angry, you blow up, you don't have a way, don't know how to resolve that or to not act out of it. We explain, we explode, we have road rage, we rage at work, whatever. One of the ways that I found to help me, because it's one that I definitely struggled with and audience, I think we said this before. I used to be horrible with road rage, which again, a Rodney can attest to because he'd be listening on the phone with me mm-hmm. while I'd go off randomly. Check I had a moment before and I used to, it was at one point that, um, well, let's go back to right. So I, I learned that I needed to take a step back when I got angry and that the last thing I needed to do was open my mouth. So when I get mad now and I start feeling frustrated, I get quiet for a second and I start to meditate on something and start to think of different ways to resolve whatever the issue is. Because if I start to release the anger by trying to speak about it or whatever, I blow up and it get, it will get nasty. So what I like to do is I like to take a step back from the situation first and figure out what what is first off what's triggering and making me so angry in the first place. Why am I so why am I so mad? And then figure out a way to resolve the issue. It's really about taking your emotions out of things and trying to think logically. And I know every situation you're not going to be able to do that. However, like for me personally um it's helped me get to it's helped me get to a place now that when there are there have been a couple moments where it's been like nah there's no way I'm going to take a step back and think about this like I'm just mad right now and I'm about to go off it's helped me now to control that to the point where I can take and breathe like one of the things that we don't realize like and like it's said a lot you know, take a step back and breathe for a second. But we don't understand how much breathing can actually help and affect you when it comes to controlling emotions and whatnot, right? You really can de-stress and decompress everything out of you just by taking a few deep breaths and allowing everything to flow out through your breaths instead of out through your words. Because words, once you put them out there, cannot be taken back. And out of your anger, you don't want to sin. Mm-hmm. You know what? And that's a good thing, too. I think when we let the emotions take over, I think that's really a way for the enemy to make us sin, if it makes any sense. Because um, I know, honestly, like, it's been moments where out of a high level of emotional immaturity, where I would do like the most irrational, most sinful, the most um, the most non-righteous way to let that go. And I realized like once I did release or I committed an act of which was not holy, I would feel bad afterwards. And I think that's another emotion that comes into attack. Like when that conviction comes in, when you realize that wasn't a moment of weakness where you was like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. I'll, 
I should have I should have prayed. I should have went to my Bible. I should have called my accountability partner. But then it's like that's another thing. Um, I think some people can relate to. It's like when you do act out of that emotion, you realize that mountain was not as big as he thought it was, and how you could have encountered that differently. Because I know there's moments when. I mean, cause like I, I'll be honest, I'll be upfront. This is the God Man podcast, so you know we're family. We all have certain things. So for me, I use people, and specifically women, to cater to my. I don't want to say loneliness problem, but when I feel like I'm having a a rough time, I just need somebody to talk to or to come through. And whatever happens, that moment happens. I'm not going to spill in too much details. But no, if it did lead to sex, it would go to that. If it led to us uh, drinking heavily, it would go to that. But then I realized, like, out of that emotional emptiness, or not, or being fooled with emotions, didn't know how I was going to, I didn't know how to handle that emotion. Like, you know, like, as a man, I don't know how to express my emotions at a time. It's kind of weird. It's like, I'm emotional, but know how to express that emotion in a healthy way. So... I would definitely hit up who's ever available at the time. Sometimes I hit up one, two, three, four, five guys. You you know how the game goes. Like you hit up everybody in your list, and whoever um, responds first, that's who you would go to. So mm-hmm. whoever I hit up first, and if they answered, and then they would come through, and it just whatever happened would happen. But then I realized I need to deal with the emotion instead of running from it, masking it, numbing it, and acknowledging that it's there. That's the biggest thing from what what Rodney goes through. And I do think some men can really attest to that, that um, we we put ourselves in a situation where if we are feeling an emotion, we don't know how to handle it. Even when it gets overwhelming and you we get cloudy, we make bad decisions, we even reach out to people who God um, told us not to talk to, but then we know since they're available, and then the flesh rises up, and the bad idea at that moment seems good at a time, simply because like when you're at a high emotional state, your thoughts are cloudy, you're not thinking clearly. We tend to make the wrong decisions, and that's something that I'm currently working on, and will forever work on because I'm starting to realize like once you struggle with something that struggle will always be there but God has given you the grace the strength and the victory to manage it and so for any type of guy who is dealing with any type of having a hard time hard time controlling your emotion just know there is a way for that to happen you just have to give it to God and trust him with the situation Right. And one thing that's also really important to remember is like we need to make sure that while you're doing this and you while you're dealing with emotions and coming up with a game plan. Right. And let's say and I'm just going to bring it back to anger again, but you can substitute this for depression, sadness, all of that grief, all that. Right. Um, You may think you have something under control. Right. So let's say anger. Because you decided, I got him up with this plan, I got this and this and this, and I haven't had an episode. You may have learned how to deal with it better, but it might not mean that you don't have still an issue with it, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It just might take certain people or certain buttons being pushed, but you might just have a better resistance to it now. And it's important to remember that and learn those, learn what your triggers are and learn if this happens right now to this day, be honest, how would I react and how would I feel? You know, because you can fool yourself into thinking that you're good and that you've got it all under control because maybe you haven't had like a, an angry episode where you just went out, went off in like a few months. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean you uh, that you're good. So one thing I like to say is like I used to have because I had a big I had an anger problem since I since I think my parents got divorced. Right. So kid teenager. And a couple of years ago, it was actually pandemic year. So 2020. Um, right before everything shut down, I think it might have been January. I was at my mom's house and we were talking, and my mom was like, "You still need to get a control in your anger." And I was like, "What? Man, I'm fine. God dealt with that. <laughs> I haven't had any anger problems in a while. Like, I'm happy. And when I do get mad, it's whatever. Like, I just let it roll off, right? Roll because off. I was kind of just like, I was doing the thing where I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like sweep it under the rug, pretend it's not here and everything, and it'll just fade away eventually." Instead of actually processing and dealing with what's going on. So my mom went, proceeded to tell me and my brothers as well. They both was like, nah, you still got some problems, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> what you talking about? I don't even like, when's the last time I even went off over here? And my mom was like, everyone here walks on eggshells when you're around, Michael. And I'm sitting here like, what you mean y'all walking on eggshells? Why are y'all doing that? Like, I'm good. Like, I'm good, guys. Like. Mike is good now. He's healed. He's free, delivered, right? And she told me, no, you don't even see what we see. You don't express the anger, but it's still there. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you, if she was like, if we could record you, if we had cameras in this house right now <laughs> that, that could hear the inflection of your voice when you're speaking to people and see the looks and the body language you have, it's all still there. You're just not lashing out, but the anger's still there and people are afraid now because you're basically just holding it in. And so I thought that was me having control and I was like, but I'm not like going off, I'm not doing this and this. And she's like, no, you still have a problem. You need to understand that. And so I'm like, yo, you tripping, right? So I talked to David about it, and David's like, well, you know, what's the Holy Spirit say? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, well, you know, your mom and brothers know you better than you probably know yourself. So mm-hmm. there might be something to that, and you might need to take it to God. So I'm thinking, I'm fine, right? So the very next month, I'm a contractor, for, and I deliver things, right? One of the things I do every morning is I have we have contracts with uh, an air conditioning place, right, that makes the actual air conditioning units for your houses. So every morning we go up there and pick up the orders for the day. So the place opens at seven o'clock to load. And. Seven o'clock or six o'clock, seven o'clock, because it was daylight every day. So, yeah, except for the winter. So. The place opens up at 7 o'clock. And 
I think I got there at 7.05. Like, we got teams of our guys running in and out, getting stuff right, everyone going to get their load. I pull up, and I back into the dock with my truck, and it's like 7.05. All right, there's two people in front of me, two two other teams, right? Um, So two other trucks that got to get loaded. Not a big deal. It should only take five minutes to load each one or go get the things at most, and that's if only one person is on a forklift, which those two people that day doing it. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, that means I should be pulling out by 7.30 mm-hmm. at the latest. So I watch other companies and people come after me, different companies and stuff, and they're getting loaded up, and I'm still sitting here, and they're like, oh, we're still working on your order. And I'm sitting here like, all right, so now I'm getting impatient. So now it's like 7.45, and I see one of the guys that I run with they came back to come get a second order and they're not even backed up to the dock because the docks are full and they tell them with the forklift and drive the order down the ramp across the parking lot to load them. Right. And the moment they did that, I lost my mind for about half a minute. I was in the bed of my truck, jumping up and down, hollering at the top of my lungs, cursing and all this mess hot. Just lost my mind for half a minute. (laughs) Then after I got done losing my mind, I regained composure and looked and was like, oh, everyone's looking at me. Like, these guys that don't work with me are looking at me like, this guy's a maniac. The employees are looking at me like, dude, it's not that serious. Like, we're working on your order. Now, they they screwed out. Granted, they screwed up and they had forgotten is really what happened. But, like. The problem is, like, but it did nothing was going, nothing that happened elicited a response that I gave. And when I did that, that's when I heard the Holy Spirit go, There it is. There it is. So now I'm sitting there and I'm looking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking like a child that just threw a temper tantrum. They come load me up and, and I try to give an apology and they just looking at me like, yeah, bro, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and oh, I got to... Huh? Oh, they made you go home? No, no, no. They loaded me up. Okay. And when they say, see me tomorrow, because we got to be up there the next day for an order in the morning too, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm driving to the house that I got to deliver this to and meeting my partner over there. And I was just like, I cannot believe that that just happened. And I remember calling David and being like, dang, my mom was right. And I explained the situation to him, and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, jumping up and down, cursing <laughs> at the top of my lungs <laughs> like a little brat. <laughs> Imagine you seeing that, man. And people, I'm not a small guy either, so uh, no, six, at this time I was 6'2", about 380. Imagine that kind of a man jumping up and down in the side of the bed of a truck, hollering and cursing. Just throwing a 10%. That's literally what happened. But I say all that to say, like, I thought I had things under control, but really what I was doing was I wasn't resolving the issue or resolving the emotions and processing them. I was just burying them. Mm. Because, again, I think as men, we have a... I think we have a, uh, a predisposition to bury our emotions because at the end of the day, one thing that we notice, especially when you like get out your parents' house and everything, you learn that this world has absolutely no sympathy for you if you're a man. None Not whatsoever. Forever. There is Fair. no sympathy for men. 
and there is no, you know, no one's caring about how you feel and your emotions, feelings and things like that. You're expected to carry yourself as a man. So that can lead to a lot of uh, that can lead to a lot of repressed emotions because you don't want to, you know, draw attention yourself because then they're going to look at you like, yo, man up. Like, what's wrong with you? That's really a problem for real. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to speak on that first. That, matter of fact, now nah, let me speak what I was speaking about first. Um, like, touching back on how you were saying with um, you thought it was handled, but then using a situation where it came out, even though many people who know you, they can say, yeah, that's still there. I was thinking about um, the first Avengers movie. So remember when they tried to go get Hulk um, to join the team? Why? Remember he was like he was like off in the islands of a whole different country, and then Black Widow had to go get him for real, right? Because because he felt okay, I need to be out of this city where y'all are triggering this person who I have no control over. I need to be somewhere far away where I feel like the less damage can happen, and then so. When Black Widow went to go get him, when he was in that little shed or whatever, um, they were talking, having a nice conversation, but you can tell it was starting to get heated. And then for like a split second, you saw um, Hulk lose his cool just for a little bit, just for a little bit. And then what happens? Outside, it was a parameter of a SWAT team ready to go barge in at any moment when he was about to flip his lid. And even Black Widow, she was prepared a little bit, but she told him to... No, calm down. It's okay. I got this. I feel yeah, like- she was terrified for a second. She saw that green flicker in his eye, and then the agents came in immediately. Like, <laughs> we got to get Romanoff out of here now. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, they was about to go in for like they surrounded the whole place around it. He said, "Let's go. We going in. We going in." That was really a moment where, like, as I'm thinking about that, because you got to think, he thought, "Hey, this person won't come out. I won't cause damage to nobody or myself." If I am away, but even when he's like miles and miles away on a whole different island, the that is still within him. That monster is still in him that can cause damage and disruption. But just realize that's how it is with us. We may not want these emotions. We feel like we got it handled. We feel like we sometimes we feel like we get this notion like if it hasn't happened, we feel invincible. Like oh, I'm not gonna fall tonight oh i'm not about to cuss on nobody today it's been it's been a couple of days couple of weeks since i did it i'm good I'm, I'm healed but then i think situations happen where we get tested and it's through them on tests where it's like oh wow i'm still i'm still dealing with this i don't got i thought i was invincible but you know it's this is still there so i think just acknowledging that hey this is here I need God's grace to sustain me as I go into this world. Because I think the older that I'm getting, Mike, I'm starting to see that the things we struggle with, they're there for a reason. And I remember when you texted me early this week and what you saw on Facebook, how you said um, you can't have a testimony without a test. So, All right, we got to give credit where credit's due. That wasn't on Facebook. That was on the Dear Wifey podcast. Shout out to LaTerris R. Whitfield. Hey, shout out for that, man. We appreciate you because we're definitely going to use this little inkling for a little bit. Thank you for that. Definitely great podcast. Definitely great um, person to indulge into. 
But it's like you have to have a test with your testimony because one thing about tests, mind you, I hate school. Mike knows this. I I went to school just for three reasons: the girls, the gym, and the girls. I'll say that. So, like, when I hear tests, it, it makes my my skin crawl. Like, I hate tests. But as I'm getting with Christ, it's refining me and making me better because there's a reason why all of us struggle with a certain thing. It can be with um, having a food addiction. You can be um, chained to pornography. You could have a drinking problem. You could have an insecurity. You could have... Um, you can have a moment where it's like you are over obsessed with something, but I feel like that's there for a purpose. And it's where, like how, how the Bible says, how my grace is sufficient in your weakness. I feel like it's through those tests where God can get the glory in because he knows, hey, you need me for this situation. I could remove it, but you're more attractive to me with this in here because you're depending on me to help you pull through that you will continually pull through. So as men, as we are dealing with these emotions that are overwhelming and overbearing and don't know how to express, I do feel like it's it's a moment and opportunity for Jesus to get invited into our situation and to show that he truly is um, a redeemer, for real. I think that's something I'm starting to see as I'm getting older. And Mike, just how you said, as you gotta know your triggers. Like, if you're in a cycle, majority of the time, if you really reflect and think about what's going on, you know your triggers. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna speak for myself. So, you know, my, my addiction is um, pornography. So, especially since we're in 2022, where everything is accessible, where it's like, you know, lust is through YouTube, it's in music, it's in movies, and with, um, you know, like back in the day, you know, you had to go to like the corner store with the magazines um, all the way in the back or you know you had to get your uncle's um, VCR and a tape and a DVD but now it's like you have it on your cell phone now so it's more accessible so in me I'm realizing my triggers what I can and can't do I have to see how to take the necessary boundaries parameters to not indulge into these things so for me, like this is like my little spill on like how you gotta know your triggers and how to move with your emotions. So I'm using this as an example of sometimes you have to go to the extreme so you won't fall into sin or fall into your flesh. Um, when I go to bed, I plug my phone in the front room while I'm in my bedroom because I know if my phone is in arm's reach, I know that's just an opportunity for when like my lust creeps up, I know I can sin in arm's length. So I have to go to the extreme. Let's say it's, it sounds crazy, but if you really want to break free from something, you will have to have that um, diligence, that work with that faith. So I have to put my phone in the front room. Um, I have to, I have to pray. I have to make sure I don't answer no calls after 10 o'clock because I'll be honest with you, it's, it's past 10, 11 o'clock, the right woman calls, I might have to, you know, no, 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 man. So <laughs> that's what normally what happens when you acknowledge your triggers, how to prevent them, and you can definitely walk accordingly and know how to 
walk in a different way. Most definitely. And I think it's real important to also just remind people that it says in a word, man, like just sin not in your anger. You're going to get angry. Like it's going to happen. Jesus got angry. Mm-hmm. Right. But he didn't sin when he did. But Jesus got angry. Like you're mm-hmm. going to feel emotions like all throughout the Bible. How many people had emotional breakdowns or, you know, or had grief or sorrow, anger, different things like that. But it's the whole point is you're just supposed to you're not supposed to sin in it. You're supposed to work through the things like David was grieving when it had what happened with his son. Right. He was also grieving him and his men when they came back from war one time. And, you know, all of their women and children had been captured and stuff. But they didn't sin in their emotion. They didn't let their emotion dictate how they acted and behaved. Right. So. One thing we need to make sure we do again is just make sure you just don't let your emotions run you. And to be honest, and it's going to sound corny, but man, if anything, if anything, let that be an opportunity for you to run into the presence of God. Go seek God. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest things that helped me with controlling anger was, fam, I just started to keep a spirit of worship on me at all times. Either I'm acting actively worshiping like at work or whatever or have it in my ear or have the word playing in my ear something like that have a message from someone playing while i'm at work like there is always something god related going on with me and it helps to keep all of that under control because if you're if you're in a spirit if you're in that spirit right there in that realm you're not going to be able to pull into your flesh mm-hmm. like it don't mix you're operating in the spirit now. So when you're operating in the spirit, you don't you can't operate in the flesh. It's one or the other. You can't do both at the same time. So if it's easier or whatever, you know, operate in the spirit. You know, keep, you know, you start feeling some kind of trigger happening. Hey man, start saying a prayer, even if you gotta send under your breath. Start reshifting your focus onto God, onto the spirit of God. Reshift your focus on the praise and worship, something like get your mind off that situation. And eventually you'll find that eventually you'll find that the things that used to anger you. They don't anger you anymore because what ends up happening is you start to condition yourself to the point where you go, yo, this is this ain't worth me getting mad and mad about. Like. This is so minor. This is something this is. This is so small. This is nothing in comparison to like eternity. This is nothing in comparison to the works I'm supposed to be doing here, right? So, one of one for me, one of the things that got helped me out cuz I still had issues even up until I left this job that I'm at now last year, right? Um before I could change jobs, I had to get that under control. And what helped me was all of the worship, everything in my ear and cutting out a lot of the different things that, and this is, this, this help, this goes back to watching what you put in your spirit. Things listening to certain things were going to make me angry. All right. There were certain metal metal bands. I couldn't listen to because if I got listened to them, I was mad. I wanted to rage. I wanted to break stuff. There was certain rap. I definitely could not listen to. Because when I listen to it, yo, we ready to fight, man. 
Like, it's, I am getting belligerent and confrontational and is all up in here, right? <laughs> so I had to change that stuff. And when I changed it and started making sure that I had like a spirit of worship at all times, it made me refocus and realize that, yo, the stuff I was getting mad over doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Why am I raising my blood pressure for something that is this small and stupid? Oh, this person didn't do their job right at work. Why am I getting mad about it? Like, really? Bro, we at work. I'm clocking out at 2.30. <laughs> I'm not about to let this affect me. If I get mad about it like this, then I got a chance of taking that mess home with me. Like, what am I getting mad for? Oh, this person disrespected me. All right, I can see that. You know, you could be mad. I can see you getting mad over that. I still get mad if I feel disrespected. But I make sure I recenter that quickly and I come at the person in a respectful manner. Again, not sending on your anger. I come at the person in a respectful manner and remind them, yo, you left your kids at home, fam. So you ain't going to talk to me like I'm your child. But it's just about learning how to maneuver around your emotions and not allow them to control you. Because again, people, we're not saying to we're not saying you're not going to feel them because you're definitely going to feel them. And I definitely don't want you burying them because it's very true that pressure bursts pipes. Mm-hmm. That's how people all of a sudden just snap and go into these blind rages where they feel they say they black out. And the next thing you know, they wake up and they got someone else's blood on them and the person dead. Like and now you go to jail for murder because you didn't have emotional control and all your life, you just kept burying things and trying to suppress them. And now all of a sudden you you blow up because mm-hmm. you can only take so much. We can only take so much. Why do you think we yeah. got so many dudes now? The suicide rate for men is so high. Because they can only take so much and they don't have a way to deal with and process what they're feeling and what they're going through. And another thing that's going to help y'all, man, find an outlet. A healthy outlet. Find a healthy outlet, fam. Like, Go to the gym. Oh, my goodness. That First off, every man should be working out, <laughs> period. All right? I don't mean Please to do. sound Please like do. these other guys, like these YouTubers and other podcast guys are like for the betterment of men and stuff. But it's very true, and this is a common thing. And that's why all of them say it. Every man should be working out. It's super healthy for you. Physically, emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. you should be working out. It right? Um, man, that is a healthy outlet to get things off your chest. You're getting healthier. You're doing a little cardio, whatever, doing some strength training, some resistance training. You're getting stronger, and you're pushing. You're taking out all your anger on those barbells. For real, though. Like, for me, I, for me, I love going to the gym. Like, it's something about it. And, like... For all my gym goers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, for me, it's like I get a joy out of it because it's just so, like, you never realize how much stress you're carrying until you go to the gym. And then, like, you release the the endorphins. You're pushing your limit, your maximum weight, and you're literally challenging yourself. And when you challenge your body, that affects your mental um it affects your decision making in life you feel better because you're getting disciplined too and as a man you have to have discipline so when you go to the gym like that is the best advice i can ever say like like number one 
Get relationship with Jesus. Number two, go to the gym. Like those two things will not fail you. Like that is so like I'm I'm glad I did I say that as a good outlet. Cause I, I love going to the gym. Um, what's another good outlet? Writing, you know, if you love writing, no matter if it's poetry, if it's music, you're just journaling. Um, come on, Mike, what's another good outlet? Um, really just anything, in, you know, constructive. So, I mean, it depends on what you're good at, what your talents are, right? So, yeah, if you're a musician or writer or something, do that. You know, if you're, uh, again, the gym is the one I definitely recommend and back up to. If you're, uh, you, you, you're a big person. You like building things, right? Go build something. Like if you're someone that's like that, you have materials left around or whatever, right? Just don't do anything that's not constructive. Like don't get, mm-hmm. you know, don't, first off, don't eat your emotions. Not for real. Um, that's, you know, that's very detrimental to you health wise and everything. And it's a bad habit and it's an addiction, but like, <clears throat> just do something constructive, you know, go outside, go cut your grass roll, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm saying. Um, also, I, I want to mention Judah. this too. Um, as a believer, as you are operating in the flesh, you will always feel these emotions. One thing I'm starting to see, like, as, and I don't know why people think this. Sometimes I think people think Christians they think we're superheroes. They think we're superheroes. They think we don't feel anything or we're just always strong or just because we have Jesus, they think we don't struggle. But like, I just want to like, just, just burst the bubble. Like, just know like, as long as you have flesh, you will always encounter difficulties that's in this world. But just know that just because you feel angry, you feel lust, you feel jealous, you feel bitterness. Just know the feelings are not sin. I just want to put this out there. Don't feel bad because you feel angry. It's the action that comes out of those feelings. That's where sin is being birthed at. Because I just want to give um, clarity because at the end of the day, like we are believers but we have flesh too so just like the bible said don't fool yourself like don't fool yourself we're going to encounter things that's going to get under our skin that's just what happens when we're in this flesh suit but just like just what makes us um just what makes us confident is is in jesus it's knowing our salvation is secure it's knowing we have a savior it's knowing that he took the nails for us just so we wouldn't have to feel this burden like the the weight has already been carried it's just about us tapping into the holy spirit and knowing that the battle's already won and mike it's just what david said on the on the call this week no we got the victory so like just always men like just remind yourself like the feeling is not sin it's the action that comes from the feeling that's what that's where sin is going to be birthed at and um in galatians i pulled this up in galatians chapter 5 verse 16 so i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the the desires of your flesh and this is just piggybacking off what mike said how you say you created a lifestyle of worship of you diving into your bible more to you praying more to you fellowshipping with other believers for you to always listen to worship music in your ears you are feeding that and 
one of the things that I'm starting to learn this year is like you have to fill yourself up. And the only reason why I say that you have to fill yourself up with God is because when you fill yourself up with all of those things, with with the fellowship with other believers, superior believers, reading your word, um, talking to God and reading your Bible, you're filling yourself up to where like your confidence is within him. And when you do that, it's going to overflow. And when you overflow, it's not the bare minimum that's in the cup, but it's like when you overflow, it's like it's so much in me, can't nothing else be anchored down to the bottom. So when you're overflowing, you are really extinguishing. You are putting a small amount of the negative things that we deal with because one thing I see, like once you fill yourself with Jesus, certain things kind of don't stick to you no more. It don't bother you no more because you start to believe the things that the word is speaking to you, how he says, no, no, we are God's creations, how uh, we have inheritance, how we are kings and we're queens and we have our eternal salvation together, have eternal life. Those type of things, when it's that anchored down in you, those other things don't tend to bother you as much. They may nitpick your skin a little bit, but just know that it doesn't have the same impact or the same blow because you are literally filling yourself up with the positive things that God says about you, how you are a masterpiece, how you are my son, you are my daughter. I do have a plan for you. When you hear those type of things, like Mike, it changes your whole mindset and whatever comes our way through relationships and work and the emotions, whatever we're feeling, the word has truth. And once you fill yourself up with the truth, you don't tend to fall this way how you used to. Like, it hits different. It definitely hits different. Amen. So, yeah, like I said, so, um, like the scripture says, um, walk by the spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was good. Um, anything else you want to talk about the uh, flesh? I feel like this is a great conversation, to be honest. I feel like it really is. Um, you said about the flesh. Mm. Oh, sorry. I mean, it's flesh. I'm going to say about emotions. I'm sorry. Or like the things when it comes to emotions, you see how, mm, or just anything in general, like either your experiences or you've seen other people, how their emotions have derailed them in the wrong direction. Or yeah, right direction. so, okay. I've... I've witnessed before uh, people with acting out of their emotions and watching it cost them by a lot, right? So let's not even say, let's not even bring up one I watched, right? So a couple years ago, and I remember this is when I was still in welding school because somebody I knew in welding school actually knew this person that did this. We got a notification on our phone that not too far away from the school up the street, uh, a woman and her child were shot in the front lawn. Mm-hmm. And report says that it was the baby father that did it. Killed his kid and killed his girl and killed the, killed the lady. Which at that time was his girlfriend we found out because a guy at the school who knew him. He lost his temper because he had no emotional intelligence. And he committed, he took two lives that day. 
which now again you again you just took two lives mm-hmm. that's those those are people that can't come back that's somebody's daughter that can't come back it's your child that you killed too that you got to live with now for the rest of your life in prison and it's like that little bit of lack of control over yourself because you just can't take it and your emotions are out of control and they're controlling you cost you your entire life and it cost both of them their lives. Uh-huh. I know that's an extreme example, but people, this happens all the time. Uh-huh. Folks get emotionally, they, you know, they get to the point where they're like, I can't take it anymore. And they go and do something based off of those emotions. And that's one of the reasons I'd say if you, you know, you should know yourself before you get a firearm. Um, if you know you have a problem sometimes controlling with emotions and everything, think twice about if you really should be getting a firearm. But besides that point, I mean, there's other times I've seen people, you know, uh, one guy I know they got pulled over by the cops, and I know that's a hot button topic right now because people think that all police are evil for whatever reason, right? He got pulled over by the cops. The cop actually was getting disrespectful with him. He stayed calm. All right, here you go, officer. No, 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 no. Respectful, stayed respectful. He was mad, but he didn't let his anger come over to where he would say or do something that later would negatively affect him. Did whatever did with the officer said, gave him the insurance and all that mess. Officer just gave him a ticket, tried to take him to jail, whatever, right? Um, And, you know, calling his dad, his dad came and, you know, and and stopped all that because the officer was trying to unjustly, you know, detain him and everything. But it could have ended up so much worse if he decided to react out of emotion and be like, yo, you treating me wrong, I'm mad, and come off on the dude or, you know, and get aggressive body behavior, body language, then that could have been another black man slain. And why? Just because he didn't know how to handle himself and keep himself cool under pressure. So what I'm looking into here, you're really saying that having emotional emotional intelligence can really save not only your life but other people's lives as well yeah um yeah i'm definitely seeing like it definitely could be like a butterfly effect how emotional intelligence or controlling your emotions can really be it can do more good um and i think a lot of people take or get the misconception of like controlling your emotions as being weak um controlling your emotions mm, wow that, that's a really great thing how Controlling your emotions can, some people deem it, make it as being weak, but also if you lash out, that's you not being weak as in not being controlled. But looking at this perspective, I'm really seeing that um, it takes more strength to withhold your emotions than to just let them run rampant, you know? Definitely. Just definitely, and it takes more strength to do that. Um, And it's not easy, but even like getting pulled over by the cops, you have to be in tune with your emotions acknowledge that they're real but you know if i lash out or if i say the wrong thing 
I won't make it home. My life will not be um, existent no more. And it don't even have to be as serious as like you're not making it home. You deciding to get disrespectful with the cops can just earn you another ticket. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the last word in, and now you have another three hundred dollars to pay. Like, was it worth it? <laughs> was that word worth three hundred dollars that you just that now you have to pay? That's an expensive because you decide to give them. Right and here's the other thing. So I had one ticket, uh, one that I told you about before when I first moved down here and I was delivering and stuff, right? And I was supposed to deliver some paint out somewhere, and I got pulled over because. I screwed up not reading a traffic sign that said no left turns. Well, I'm sorry, that said right turn only. And in my mind, because I don't know where I am, I read that as no left turns and went straight across the street. Mm-hmm. Immediately get pulled over because the cop was waiting right across the street. And he was like, why'd you do this? All this, right? I'm very respectful to the cop. Explain the situation to him and everything. Just calm, very respectful and everything. Guess what? He was like, I'm not going to give you a ticket. Here's a warning. And he was like, let me give you directions to where you're going. Mm. So it's not even like all the time of like, yo, it's going to get extreme. You could lose your life. Man, you have an emotional intelligence can end up saving you like money. Mm-hmm. It, could, it could do good things because at the same time, like when you decide that, especially when it comes to people, right? People that anger you or frustrate you. You don't know what that person is going through. And so they might, especially if they're unbelievers, they might have been just going through hell and they don't know how to deal with it. And they go and they take it out on you accidentally, not really meaning to do that. Right. And now you lash back at them and now y'all got a cycle going. Or you could have controlled yourself. Pray for that person, first of all, but you could have controlled yourself. And maybe go and speak to the person later and find out what's really going on with them and why this is going on. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times things can be a lot of these situations can be resolved just by communicating and trying to be, you know, trying to take care of your neighbor, trying to take care of your coworker. Hey, what's really going on? Why did you just like what you just said was very rude and hurtful? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you say that? Speak to him. Ask them what's going on, because a lot of times people bring stuff and, you know, we always say you're not supposed to do this, but especially at work, bro, people bring their home, their home problems to work a lot of the times and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But especially the home problems to work, you know, say guy got up this morning, got into an argument with his wife. They're cl- they're getting close to a divorce, something going on with the kids. He's stressed. And the first little thing happens at work and he blows up or whatever, or he does something just out of anger or or not even, maybe not even out of anger. Let's say he screws some things up because he's not focused on the job. And now it just costs you. And you got to go back and redo things, whatever, cost the team. Instead of getting super mad at that person, go and why don't you talk to him and be like, hey, what's going on with you? And find some things out. I got a guy right now in my job that, you know, I, well, I had a guy on my previous job that, one day he came in and he started saying some stuff and I was like, I could have acted a certain way and reacted and be like, yo, like, fam, me and you can go talk outside about this because you ain't about to be saying stuff like that around me, right? Instead, I waited until he was alone and I pulled him to the side and was like, hey, what's going on with you, man? And you know what I found out after that? What's up? The man's best friend just killed himself. Mm. And he right now 
doesn't know how to process the fact that his best friend just took his own life and now he's lashing out and he don't know how to process all, all these emotions and what does this really mean because a lot of the times especially with that kind of stuff you know survivors be sitting here and going but why didn't you reach out i thought we were best friends i thought we was brothers you could have talked to me about anything you just killed yourself and you didn't tell me that this kind of stuff was going on right so you he, he he had a feeling of guilt he had a feeling of anger he had a lot of emotions he didn't know what was going on and how to control them or whatever how to process them so i could have went and acted a certain way and went off on him but that wouldn't have accomplished anything instead i used emotional intelligence and kept myself calm and said there's got to be a reason for this let me go talk to this man and then you find out what's going on, and then he starts basically almost crying at me and telling me you know, he wants, you know, asking me to pray for him and everything, and apologizing. Like that could be the difference, and that's and that's another thing. Your emotional intelligence can be the difference of you winning souls for God, and the, or them looking at you and be like, "I don't want nothing to do with a God that you that you serve if you act in this way." Because that's exactly what it was. Because they called me pastor at my last job. Like that that was the title I had for whatever reason. Um, And they were like, yeah, well, he's a pastor. So now I go on talking to him and now he's like, yeah, you know, he wants to get back in the church now. He wants to, you know, start to develop a relationship with God and things like that, because the whole time he was watching me at the job and never saw me lose my cool or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And you cannot you can you can control your emotions and still stand upright and demand respect because i never once lashed out in anger on anybody in that job but at the same time they knew you're not about to step over me i'm not weak mm-hmm. i'm still strong i'm not weak at all because i'm not going to yell at you and get and start cursing you out i will sit here and still tell you with a very stern voice as a man and tell you you're not about to talk to me any kind of way but you don't have to you don't have to go beyond that to garner respect and things of that nature, right? So it's just it's just one of the things I'm saying. Like you don't know what people are going through, mm-hmm. and so you have to keep your emotions under control, and then try to find out and talk to them to see why they don't have their emotions under their control. Like even at the current job right now, right? Ronnie, I think I told you about this a few weeks ago. I thought I was about to have to fight for my life, folks. It's me and another welder at this job. Young dude they hired. (laughs) He's like 6'2 as well, about 230, just strong, like cut up. He looks like he's a big corner in NFL, right? Dude, we had an order that was supposed to go out and everything. You know, and I was like, well, he don't have the speed yet. This is, you know, he just, he just started working here a week before I did. So the the welding speed for the parts that we do just wasn't, you know, at, at where I was because I had done this before for a year. So I have an order that needs to go out and I need a box to go out to get welded, a box of parts to get welded. And they need to go out and I need to have them done within the next hour. Well, he had already been working on it three hours, counting the time from the previous day, and he only had half the box done. I'm like, I can't wait another three, two or three hours for this. So 
after getting off the phone with somebody, I tell him, hey, man, let's switch out and let me finish this box, right? The dude got offended and proceeded to go off on me. And, I mean, got up in my face about it and everything to the point where I was looking around like, yo, I'm about to have to defend myself in a second, right? I could have, out of pride, hey, man, I don't know who you think you're talking to, fam, but, yo, I ain't that one, bro. I go, no, go ahead, let's go. We can go take this outside right now. I don't know who you're talking to. But instead, no, calmly I said, listen, I'm not trying to offend you. I know you're working. I'm not saying you're not working. I'm just saying that the speed might not necessarily be here yet. It's only been a few weeks you're doing this. It took me a few months to get really fast at doing these parts. I just need to get this knocked out right now. He got real mad. He went and talked to the production manager. I talked to him afterwards when he called me in the office. Everything got resolved. Dude was fine after that, and we cool. Like, But again, if I had gone off on him, and it would have been a big thing. And let's say we would have ended up fighting. Both of us would be out of a job. And it wouldn't have helped anything. But instead, staying calm and keeping myself composed. And going and trying to find out what's the root of this problem. Then it allowed me to be able to talk to him. And him to control, get himself eventually under control. And just to find out that, yeah, he felt offended. Because he's trying to make a good impression because he really wants to work at this job and he's still a temp technically. And he wants, you know, he wants to get hired on. And he felt like me doing that was me saying that he wasn't good enough, which, you know, if we don't think you're good enough as a temp, then you're not getting hired on, you know. This is a dope company to be in. So I said it to say, like, he was coming at it from a almost like a survival point of view. While I was sitting here like, yo, I'm just trying to get this done. And I'm just being, I'm being respectful. But again, if I had responded in any other manner, then things might not be the way they are right now. And I wouldn't have an opportunity to be talking to this young man. Because also, before then and after then, this young man, me and him, we talk about God. And he asks a lot of questions about the word. And I usually have answers for them. And if I don't, I just have to actually look at the word of what he's talking about and specific for the question he has and get back with him on it to the point where now, like we have Bible study on Wednesdays at the job that the owner leads in the mornings and he's in there with me in, in Bible studies. So, again, like your emotional intelligence, your reactions to different situations can cause you to win souls or can cause you to lose them. One thing I'm starting to see that when it comes to the whole emotional intelligence and controlling your emotions, I think this opens the eyes to make people see that not only do we have emotions, we acknowledge the emotions, but now we acknowledge that people have emotions as well. And I really think that's where empathy comes into play. With empathy, you are able to feel what they feel and understand not just it being one-sided from your point of view, but you're like, okay, let me see how this feels or let me see where he's coming from. And Mike, I'm glad that you were able to see with this young man that you were speaking with that he was coming from a place of survival, how he wants to be planted at this job. And now 
look what has God has done and transformed, cultivated. Now you two are able to communicate um, about the Creator through conversations. He has questions. You were willing to, number one, be obedient to operate out of the Spirit, move yourself out the way. You was respectful, and also you were able to be used as a vessel as well to um, to minister. So that's definitely a moment where empathy can definitely come into play. That's another way how emotion can be used through empathy as well. Um, and for me, I do want to touch on empathy just for a little bit. Um, for one of my struggles with empathy is um, that's actually one of my um, one of my highest dominant spiritual gifts um, is mercy and empathy. So for me, I'm a I'm a caring, loving person, but sometimes I do um, feel too much or try to assist so much where I get fatigued. Um, and there's this thing, it's really called um, emotional fatigue. It's where pretty much like you're, you're tired all the time. And um, when you experience um, compassion fatigue, you feel exhausted and overwhelmed and Sometimes you have to isolate yourself just so you can um, de decompress. And Mike, you probably seen me do this a couple of times, maybe moments where I won't be as um, active or communicative, or sometimes I will not be um, available so much. It's just because I'm going through emotional fatigue and learning how to interact with people while I'm feeling this way. Because sometimes I do have to stay isolated just so I can get my thoughts together so I can, like I mentioned before, like fill your cup up. So when you overflow, you can overflow towards other people. But sometimes like when you do live a life of, um, of being around people, and especially with me, like guys, I work at a call center. So all day I'm a problem solver to people who are angry. So for that fatigue and that exhaustion to weigh on you, it is overwhelming. So um that's something that we do have to be mindful of like even though we are empathetic towards people which is nothing wrong but you have to make sure you're not pouring from an empty cup because if you're pouring from an empty cup you can experience burnout you can experience fatigue you can get um, irritated and like i mentioned how we mentioned before like expressing that in an unhealthy way so that's definitely one of the good things i've experienced with um emotions as i'm getting to know myself more as I'm getting more in tune how God created me. I'm looking at certain things that can be cultivated, that can be better, and also what can be extracted as well. So definitely that's another um, a great thing. Like there's nothing wrong with being empathetic, showing um, mercy, having compassion for people, but just don't overwhelm yourself to the point where you experience um, exhaustion and fatigue. Yeah, most definitely. You, you can definitely lose yourself doing that. So that's another emotional intelligence thing, emotional intelligence thing, um, realizing that you can't give too much of yourself to people because then you will have nothing else to give. You will lose yourself in the way. Man, Mike, this was a great episode, man. Don't you agree? They're all great. They're all like, yeah, no cab, but you know, not to toot our horn born, but beep, beep, hey, God, man, podcast.
Cat Scouting Podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's I a lot of information that gets released, and there's a lot of things that, you know, the spirit will flow through and talk about. And as far as emotional intelligence, this is amazing that this is a topic that you came up with because Apostle did a whole series on this a couple months ago, and this is what one of the themes that he's been teaching um, for the past, I don't know, six months has been mm. uh, a reoccurring theme of, you know, having emotional intelligence and knowing how to control your emotions and not just for men, but for women as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely glad we did touch on this. Um, I feel like this was really, really needed. I'm definitely glad the Holy Spirit was in the middle of this conversation and we was willing to flow, to talk, to express, to have a moment of vulnerability and being able to minister through, minister through the gift of technology and our testimonies to help inspire, motivate other men to tap into their intelligence, emotional intelligence, to control their emotions so men can be better providers, protectors, communicators, husbands, fathers, sons, cousins, um, workers, just in all areas. We want to make sure that through the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, he's able to tap into your heart and be able to be an advocate and walk you in rooms where you may feel something, but then his presence will be so felt upon you, you operate more out of the spirit more than the flesh. So I'm glad we touched on this particular topic because I think this is something that will land the test of time. Like, Mike, I don't think we will ever run away from our emotions. Emotions will always be there and it's a part of us. Most definitely. Well, guys, that's enough of this podcast. As much as we love talking to y'all, um, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for being part of this journey. We are on episode se- It's seven, right, Mike? Seven? This is seven. And, and, and many more to come. Um, thank you for everybody who's tuning in. Um, me and Mike are grateful. We're appreciative of the fact that you are rocking with us, that you are choosing to tune in to get unfed spiritually have some laughs have some moments where you know guys can be guys and you know we can be open and honest and just really just minister to y'all and um, what y'all going through like i said me and mike are here for y'all no matter what's going on just know that we are brothers just helping lift another one up in christ you know as iron shoppers iron so of course this is the god man podcast you can follow us on all formats you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, IG. Just type in the Godman Podcast. You are able to follow us. And with this episode, share, 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 share. Share it with three men who you feel like this could really be helpful for. Me and Mike will truly appreciate it. So this is Boy Rock. And hey Rodney, real quick. Yes, sir. So are we on YouTube yet? We're on YouTube. We are on YouTube, yes. Um, yes. Um, we definitely are on the tube of you. All right, great. Great. That's great to know. That's great to hear. I think we need to yeah, definitely. YouTube. YouTube. Okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Not the yes, it's great, it's great. No, no, it's, it's great. No problem. It's great. We need no, that's that's great. That's a great platform. Yeah, I just gotta have, you know, the videos to release to put on that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't don't worry, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there for sure. Um, we're seven episodes in. Like Mike, we're getting better over time, man. So, what and the guys also everybody, 
and hey, my bad, Rodney. But also, everybody, I before I forget, if you want to contact us, you know, you can leave us a comment on iTunes. Is it iTunes? No, Apple Podcast. My bad. Or you can just email us directly at thegodmanpodcast at gmail.com and one of us will get back with you as soon as we see the email. All right. Now that all minds are clear, we will see you on the next episode. See y'all later, okay? Deuce, deuces, peoples. Yee.